This teaching is from City Church Coventry. You can find us online at www.citychurchcoventry.org. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh, from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. Morning, uh, my name is Ben McCosker. I'm a member of City Church here in Coventry. Uh, the warmest of welcomes to you if you're joining us for the first time or the thousandth time. And uh, Matthew, I'll gladly accept that nomination for the video. <coughs> um, just want to share a few things this morning uh, about hope, which uh, Matthew has been ministering to us the last couple of weeks on hope and specifically making hope visible. And of course, we, we, we heard the video from our friends at the Eternal Wall of Answered Prayer uh, there and um, it remains a key message at this time uh, because as uh, Matthew also emphasized last week um, this world needs hope right now this world needs hope right now and we may have moved from Christmas into a new year but um, whilst the calendar has marked that change not much if anything um, observably has changed uh, when we consider what is going on around us it's uh, it's very much Naturally speaking, still winter. If you're in Coventry, that'll be very obvious right now because our, our, our house is coated in snow. But also, of course, with the ongoing pandemic and the restrictions of COVID and other things going on in the world. Um, but, you know, as believers, our hope does not depend on when the change happens. Our hope is in the unchanging one who brings about change in his time. He brings about change in his time and we get to partner with that. Um, Matthew made this statement last week, a life that is full of hope is a life that is oriented toward the eternal. We have an eternal perspective. We realise that whatever is happening in the world is temporary, but the relationship we have and the story of the kingdom of God that we are a part of is eternal. The Apostle Paul um, makes that very same point in the scriptures in, in 2 Corinthians 4.18 in talking about the grace that is reaching more and more people. That's the gospel of the grace of God, the good news of Jesus Christ, that God so loved the world that he gave us his one and only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. When he's talking about that grace reaching more and more people, causing, he says, thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God, he says, therefore... Because of all that, we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away. That's a, a natural fact of life. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. And he puts it this way, for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. And he says, so we fix our eyes on what is seen, but not on what is unseen. Sorry, we, we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporal, 
what is unseen is eternal. And I guess for some, when they hear that, they might think at this stage, with everything that is that is still going on in the world, well, you know, the troubles don't feel light or momentary. But for, for, the, for the Christian, for the one who has encountered Jesus, the, the, the one who knows who he is, and that's an invitation to everyone if you don't know who he is. That's the great news of why he came. For everyone who has received him as Lord has turned from their sin and been filled with the Holy Spirit. That eternal life has started now. We see everything in the light of who he is and where he is seated. In, in the book of Hebrews, it says, you know, we do not yet see everything subject to him, but we do see him. And that gives us our eternal perspective. And from that perspective, it's not at all to make light of something that is naturally speaking a horrible situation. But the trouble is nonetheless light and momentary from that perspective and for the believer whether covid be present or not and i don't mean that nonchalantly it's always been the case for us that what is seen is temporal what is unseen is eternal but i felt the holy spirit sort of emphasized for me this morning in, in, in coming to bring this this sort of further message on hope that whilst we have that eternal perspective um that perspective does not and, and should not lead us to be callous about the present or disengaged with what is going on in the world far from it um jesus christ our living hope fuels us in the present the believer's hope fuels their present it is not just a hope for beyond the grave though it is definitely that but it is for this life also it's not just for this life but it is for this life also um before i became a christian I um my auntie and uncle who live here in Coventry have been praying for me and our family for about 10 years. And I walked into a local church called Lawrence Saunders Road Baptist Church. Um, one of the first times I stepped into a church in many, many, many years. And um, a man called Gerald, who's who's not with us now, gone to be with the Lord and a wonderful, great man um, who I, I found out after this story didn't say much to too many people. Um, so I'm told anyway, um, he came up to me. And the first scripture or one of the first scriptures that anybody brought to me was was from this man. And he said from Jeremiah 29, 11, you know, I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. And he said to me, I just want you to know God has a good plan for your life. And I can testify to that being true in the present, not just for eternity though it is true for it for our eternal life in christ i can testify to that being true in the present comparative to who i was and where i was when i first gave my life to jesus i can testify to the truth of that proverb which says you know the path of the righteous that's those who receive the life of christ grows brighter and brighter even unto the perfect day it doesn't mean a perfect life doesn't mean absent trouble doesn't mean there haven't been dark and scary times we're all living in one now but that inward life, that being renewed day by day, I can testify to that growing brighter and brighter. Uh, and I tell that story so that, you know, people know that it's not just because I say so or we say so or anybody you've seen here this morning says so. Or not just because the Bible says so. It's be, it's it's established as true in our experience because what he says is true and he brings it to pass. Jesus Christ, our eternal hope, fuels us in our present. And, you know, whether it be for the present or the future, knowing God has an appointed time 
for our reaping, um, for the fulfillment of his promise. Uh, makes all the difference. You know, that's why Paul encourages us, uh, encourages the Galatian church in the scripture that John read out for us at the beginning. He said, didn't he? He said, let us not become weary in doing good for at the proper time. And there is, of course, an ultimate fulfillment in eternity. And that is a proper time. But there are also proper times this side of heaven at the proper time. We will reap harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the household of faith. There, there, and there, you know, there could be a temptation uh, for believers and non-believers. There could be a temptation. I'm sure many are experiencing or have experienced it in recent months or for the past year, maybe to get frustrated about the timing of things, particularly if you're feeling right now. Do you know what future? I, I can't quite see what the future looks like. I don't I can't see that. I don't know what it looks like. Or do you know what? I have to defer everything until the future because I'm certainly not enjoying my present reality at all. And in, in that, there could be easily be a temptation to get into grumbling about timing. Why hasn't this happened yet? Why haven't I experienced this yet? Why is it we're in 2021 and nothing has changed? Or, says God, you can keep going or you can keep sowing and trust as you do. He has appointed a proper time for your reaping for our reaping, for the fulfillment of his good promises for our life. Our giving up, that, that, that scripture says, you know, um, you might have noticed that we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Our, it's it's uh, his proper time is conditional in part on us working with him. Uh, funnily enough, our giving up, you could read that to say our giving up has the potential to scupper the proper timing of God, not because we are more powerful than him, but because, as Matthew also reminded us last week, his word works. His word contains eternal spiritual law that works like the laws of physics and sowing and reaping that what Paul is picking up in Galatians six there is one of them. He's saying rather than everything arbitrarily happening to us, we actually have a part to play in co-laboring with him and bringing about what is in his heart on the earth. That's fuel. That's fuel for the present. The encouragement of the Holy Spirit to us, to you, to me, is keep going, keep sowing, keep doing good and allow Jesus, allow your living hope to fuel your now as well as your eternal hope. The writer of a Sorry, I don't know if I disappeared there, but my screen certainly went black. <laughs> the writer of Ecclesiastes, uh, one of the, the books from the Old Testament, writes that um, what he's effectively observed in, in living out his days. And this was before Jesus had come to shed greater light on the revelation that he carried. And he says this in Ecclesiastes 3, 1 to 8. There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under heaven as well as in heaven, under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to uproot, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to bear down and a time to build, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to scatter stones and a time to gather them, a time to embrace and a time to refrain. And that one must bear witness with us all at this time, a time to search and a time to give up, a time to keep and a time to throw away, 
a time to tear and a time to mend, a time to be silent and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. See, whilst our hope is not just for this life, Paul says, if, we, if it is just for this life, we're to be pitied beyond all men. But it is not just for eternity either. It's both. He wants us to trust he has a proper time for everything under heaven as well as in heaven. But also for us to realise we have a part to play in that, a continual sowing. So let your hope, your living hope, Jesus Christ, let him fuel your sowing now and you will reap and we will reap at the proper time. I'm going to I'm not going to talk much longer. I'm just going to close with a, a story from the Gospel of Luke, which I think encapsulates this just great. It's a story about a wonderful couple named Zechariah and Elizabeth. And it's actually a story that happens just before the birth of Jesus. So I guess you could say it's a Christmas story. But as I said at the outset, we Christmas and maybe behind us, but we haven't quite passed, naturally speaking, observably into a new season as yet. And so therefore, I, th I thought it was appropriate in that respect as well. And it's Luke chapter one, verses five to 19. I'm just going to read it. It says this. In the time of Herod, king of Judah, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. His wife, Elizabeth, was also a descendant of Aaron. Both of them were upright in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commandments and regulations blamelessly. But they had no children because Elizabeth was barren and they were both well on in years. Once, when Zechariah's division was on duty and he was serving as priest before God, he was chosen by lot according to the custom of the priesthood to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And when the time came for the burning of incense, all the assembled worshippers were praying outside. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son and you are to give him the name John. He will be a joy and delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or other fermented drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from birth. Many of the people of Israel will he bring back to the Lord their God, and he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Zechariah asked the angel, how can I be sure of this? I am an old man and my wife is well on in years. The angel answered, I'm Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God and I've been sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news. And now you will be silent and not able to speak until the day this happens because you did not believe my words, which will come true at their proper time. I just felt the Holy Spirit wanted me to emphasize a few things from that story just before I close about his timing. His timing is precise. In the time of Herod, when Zechariah's division was on duty, when the time for the burning of the incense came, then an angel appeared and he's told then your prayer has been heard. Elizabeth would give birth to a son and she would do so at the proper time. His timing does not always look right. 
Zechariah was chosen by Lot to go into the temple. Timing-wise, some might call that blind luck. The angel appeared at a time when he and his wife were both well on in years. And it is at that time, he announces, now you're going to have a child. Some might call that a bit late. Blind luck? Too late? But it had nothing to do with luck. When the angel of the Lord appeared to him, he said, your prayer has been heard. That's personally addressed to John. That was not about who got the luck of the draw. What looked merely fortuitous was actually the perfect timing of God. As for their being well advanced in years, who does that remind you of? Abraham, when he was 99 years old, <laughs> waited 99 years for the promise. I'm certainly not prophesying that over any of us right now, but he waited 99 years for the promised son. And God says to him again, it's your, your, your Sarai is no longer to be called Sarai, but Sarah and she will give birth to a son for you. God works in the realm of the impossible. If it takes no faith to believe what is said, then it may not be him speaking. If it takes no faith to believe what is said, then it may not be him speaking. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by his word. And faith itself is the assurance of things hoped for. We've been talking about hope and making hope visible. Faith is the fuel to bring that in to the now. It's the fuel for now. What's been a great release and freedom to me personally with his timing is realizing, do you know what? Not in a case of our way, case of our, but just in a humble, he knows better than I do. He just knows better than I do. Um, Isaiah prophesied, didn't he? For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are, my, neither are your ways. My ways, declares the Lord, as the heavens are higher than the earth. So are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. The third thing out of this story, they were doing everything right and until now had seen no fruit. It said, didn't it? Both of them were upright in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commandments and regulations blamelessly. But they had no children because Elizabeth was barren and they were both well on in years. They were doing everything right and had no fruit. But what is the scripture that John mentioned right at the outset? Hey, let us not become weary in doing good for at the proper time you will reap a harvest if you do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those of the household of faith. And that's also an encouragement for, for, for those who who might have a tendency. And I know I certainly had this historically and God has chipped away at it with me, but who might have a tendency to beat themselves up a bit. You know, when things aren't going right, it's not necessarily because you have done something wrong. If you've done something wrong, the Holy Spirit will tell you, but he has a proper time. He has a proper time. Finally, um, his proper time is not just about when he does things, but also how. The, I, it doesn't tell us this in the text, but I'm, I'm doubtful. I, I'm welcome for somebody to prove me wrong, but that, that, John, that, um, that Zechariah and Elizabeth were praying Lord, give us the prophet who will usher in Jesus. I think they were praying for a child. Well, that's certainly what a child. That's certainly what the angel said. You know, your prayer has been heard. Your wife will give birth to a son. And then he goes on to tell him who would be. They were asking for a child, but the child then that Elizabeth was to bear was not just going to be a blessing to them. He was going to be Jesus called John the greatest born of all women. You see, 
it's it's his proper time is not just about when he brings change but how he brings it and how he does it will always exceed what you're expecting will always exceed what we're expecting it says in ephesians 3 doesn't it now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or think or, or, or imagine according to his power at work within us to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. John the Baptist is the one who ushered in the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. They were asking for a child. The proper timing of God was this is who you're going to get. <laughs> you know, um, one of the, just the last thing to pull from that actually as well is John uh, Zechariah was asking He'd asked for a child. And when the angel tells him it's going to happen, he says, how can it be? We're too old, <laughs> essentially. And then, you know, the angel says, you know what? It's going to happen at its proper time. And now because you didn't believe it, you're not going to speak. Do you know what? That wasn't a punishment. That was the grace of God. Because another spiritual law is the power of life and death is in the tongue. The angel had just come and spoken life into Elizabeth's womb. And it was the grace of God to them that for now, <laughs> it's better if you don't speak, if we're not going to agree with what God said. It just is. Um, so I just want to just end with that encouragement again. You know, let us let us not uh, become weary in doing good for at the proper time we will reap if we do not give up. Um, and therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those of the household of faith. And uh, Paul's uh, sorry, I will just finish with Paul's instruction from um, the book of Romans, Romans chapter 12. Um, and he says to the church in Rome, be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. You know, without Jesus, you could legitimately ask, what should I hope in? And therefore, what have I got to be joyful about? But if you know Jesus, then you'll know the living hope he is inside you by his spirit and his instruction then to be joyful in hope will make sense. There'll be an amen that resounds in hearing that. And if we know that, then even if this is a time of affliction for some, as it is for many, we won't just be afflicted in it. We can be patient in it because we know that patience means our living hope has a proper time for us. And because we realise that we will reap at the proper time if we do not give up, we'll not just sit there and actively waiting for his proper time. But we can be faithful in prayer now. Our living hope fuels our present amen um i think i'll just end with prayer and if if you've been listening to this today or afterwards and you don't know jesus you don't know the wonderful savior that we've been talking about the one who came to earth who loves you so 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 much more than you can fathom and and you've you've never given your life to jesus you don't know what that means i just want to pray a prayer now and if you're saying to jesus you know what i'm, I'm not sure i understand this all but i i i want to know you I want to know the one who died for me. I want to know what it means to live a new life in you. Then please pray this prayer after me. Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you for your son, Jesus. Father, I believe that he came to live a perfect life and to die a perfect death in my place so that I could have and be brought back into a relationship with you. And Father, I receive the life that you offer me now. I choose to turn from my sin. And Father, I ask you would fill me with your Holy Spirit. And Lord, I'm going to give you all my days to live out the rest of my days here for you. 
In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Have a good week. Amen. Thanks for listening to this teaching from City Church Coventry. You can find more great teaching and other resources on our website at www.citychurchcoventry.org.